Hello, howdy, and welcome to another episode of Pyramid Scheme, the Destiny 2 podcast. Of course, as always, it is I, your master of ceremonies, Forebear. I am also joined by the unshakable, the unfucking breakable, uh, that that Titan boy y'all love from the TikToks, uh, Luminous Havoc. Justin, my friend, how are you today? Oh, I'm okay. I'm, I'm alive. <laughs> um, we've spent the last just over just over 24 hours, basically, right? Like about 30 hours, I guess, uh, if we want to be like push up my glasses specific about it. Uh, really digesting all of these changes coming in the TWAB. Uh, and guys, we made the decision from the get-go... Last week's episode, there was a decent TWAB to go over, and it took us about an hour, an hour 15 minutes for that episode. We like to keep our episodes as close to an hour as possible. I personally think that it encourages more people to listen to it if it's a little bit more consumable than that. Yeah, you know, if you that go way. An, an hour, the engagement's going to drop, I'm sure. I love, I love the Destiny Community podcast, but sitting down to listen to a two or three hour long destiny podcast is a commitment right yeah so what we've decided is we're going to tell you guys to pause this podcast right now and go read the twab because it is like i put it in the title last week justin that that the twab was a thick twab this is yeah. that is a little baby bitch twab <laughs> compared, compared to, this, to one. this one man yeah oh god so guys we love you very much. We want you to keep listening to it, but what you need to do is pause this and take the 30 minutes to go and really read the TWAB, absorb everything that that means, and Justin and I will be here. We'll give you just a second. Did you go one read it? One Mississippi. <laughs> okay. So, you're back. You went and read the TWAB. You understand. The sandbox is making a pretty substantial change. Bungie specifically refers to it as a foundational one. They are changing the way that ability cooldowns work in a fairly substantial way, right? In a way that we haven't seen since transitioning from Destiny 1 to Destiny 2. And I I make that comparison very, very... I don't make that comparison lightly, right? Because we'll, we'll get into it later on. But I personally, me, Forbear Austin... My opinion of this is not that it's that similar to year one of Destiny 2, but some of the changes in here are much closer to what that experience was like. Um, so we're going to kind of go over really quickly, like Bungie's goals with this, right, Justin? Like the, the 30th anniversary event is coming up. That's incredibly exciting. I'm super stoked about the 30th anniversary event with the new dungeon and uh, the new the new six-man activity and all that fun stuff. And it's also bringing these sandbox changes as well as the weapon changes that we talked about last time. The biggest thing with this is, like I said earlier, it's a foundational change to set the groundwork for uh, Destiny becoming an even deeper MMO experience, giving Bungie the ability to fine-tune things at a higher level than what they feel comfortable with doing now so that they can individually tune things without completely radically changing the sandbox every time they need to make a minor change because ability X gets out of hand or maybe this is too weak. 
of course, in order to be able to get to that point, <laughs> we get uh, an update like this one that is completely shattering just about everything we know about abilities in Destiny. <coughs> Excuse me, I have a bit of a cough tonight. Oh, kind of no. came out of nowhere. I've been fine all day. Stay with us. <laughs> So the biggest example that they first give is the flux grenades. They're increasing the base cooldown from 82 seconds to 182 seconds. That is, you heard that correctly, three minutes for your flux grenade to come back at a tier three flux grenade. Uh, at a tier three discipline, rather. Uh, the detonation damage is being nearly doubled from 150 to 250. It is now, once again, a one-shot kill in PvP, just like it was in Destiny 1. They are increasing damage in PvE uh, versus combatants by 15% on top of this base damage increase. They are removing the projectile tracking. If you ever throw a flux grenade, it kind of zooms to a player if, if you're going to miss. <coughs> yeah. But they're adding a good amount of, of aim assist. The throwing speed is being increased by 117%. Uh, and now it sticks to all surfaces, similarly to the way the trip mines do. Um, which, that's probably the craziest thing about the change to flux grenades. And they're doing this to to fine-tune abilities, right? Like, Justin, I'm going to start pulling you into the conversation because it's been, what, five and a half minutes of just me at this point? Yeah. Well, I mean, you've had a lot to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're they're making these changes to, to bring... Here's, here's the thing. Let me, let me restart for just a second. Uh, this is the first time that Bungie is balancing PvE and PvP very separately. These changes, like the cooldowns and everything like that, will also affect PvE. But the idea is that this is going to make PvP more of a gun-based activity instead of you relying so heavily on your abilities. And we're going to get into way more of that soon. This is really interesting because all of the ability changes and things like that, while, while yes, like at surface level, uh, cooldowns and things like that are mostly going to be slower. There are a few that are going to be cooling down faster. Uh, we'll touch on some of that too. I think, I think the, the biggest thing that they're doing with this is they want, like I said earlier, to implement more of that MMO flavor into Destiny by encouraging more diverse and, uh, and deeper build crafting so giving you the tools to make those cooldowns faster like you would in any other mmo without just letting you have a grenade every 30 seconds for example yeah and the trade-off on that is a faster cool or a, sorry a slower cooldown on most abilities but more damage and different uh different effects depending on where you're using that uh ability but they're they're taking it in the other direction with some things. Like the the next one, the next bullet point that they go to is the firebolt, and they're reducing the base cooldown. It's not a huge re reduction, but it's eighty two seconds to sixty four seconds. So you'll you'll get a firebolt grenade every minute. Is it is it is a tier three the same example they're using? Yes. Um, and but then they're reducing the damage from ninety to sixty five. But then they're increasing the damage to PVE combatants by fifty percent. I guess that's up to negate the the base damage reduction. In yeah, PVE. basically, um, it it seems like so. Justin and I aren't going to go through every single one of these. We're going to touch on some of the ones that we feel like are the biggest ones. But 
this 15% damage increase, you're going to see that fairly consistently on every ability. Every ability is going to get a big PvE buff, and not necessarily in damage, but in effectiveness. Uh, and we'll get to that later on with some of the stasis subclasses and things like that. But yeah, so uh, one of the other things, Justin, I'm sorry that I cut you off there too, to touch on is uh, from now on, and it has been this way since Armor 2.0 was introduced, but from now on, when you hear Bungie refer to base cooldown, when we say base cooldown, when you see that in your subclass, uh, you know, subclass screens, base cooldown is a tier three uh, stat. So... Anything below tier three, you are being punished for that ability being ranked that low. Anything above tier three means that it's going to be faster. So if we say base cooldown, for example, the Firebolt Grenade, the new base cooldown is going to be 64 seconds. That is a tier three or 30 stat points in your discipline. Okay, uh, that makes sense. I think very rarely do I have anything that's lower than, than 30 stat points. It, right. It's It's one of those things like... As much as I wish I could, I'd love to get 100 in some of my stats and just let my mobility be zero, but uh, unfortunately, it's a no-go. Uh, there's, isn't there? Is there a charge light mod that, that punishes your mobility? I'm sure there is. You probably could get it. I, I'm sure. I'm sure I could. I try... I. I don't know what the what it is about like a lot of this warlock armor I get, especially from in-game activities, man. It's ass. I get <laughs> I get rolls I get rolls in, in raids and dungeons and shit that's like, hey, Austin, we know that you want resilience and recovery and discipline and intellect. Like those are the four most important stats to you. So here's a mobility. helmet with <laughs> 40 mobility. Fuck yourself, bud. How's how's the mobility uh, and strength build sound? <laughs> right. Exactly. I, I have so many I have so many like legs that are like, hey, twenty-five strength before <laughs> masterwork. Enjoy it, brother. Oh, that's great. But yeah, so so they're they're changing these these ability cooldowns. Uh they're calling this implementation this big sweeping change to abilities, the variable ability cooldowns system. I they didn't refer to it in this, I was kinda surprised about. I'm calling it the VAC system. Like VAC vacuum vac system. Yeah. <clears throat> so if I call it that tonight, that's what I'm referring to. I think I think that this is all overall, and like this is where the discussion is gonna come into play here. I think that this is a sweepingly positive thing for the game. I've been wanting Destiny to be more of an MMO since Destiny 1. And when Vanilla Destiny dropped... <laughs> I plugged my phone in. When Vanilla Destiny dropped... Uh, sorry, when Vanilla D2 dropped, uh, they took a lot of that MMO functionality out of the game to make it easier for new players to come into the experience. And I fucking hated that. Yeah. I... I like Justin, you were there, like you and I were playing together a lot still back then, and like everyone stopped playing Destiny. We got through vanilla campaign, we leveled for raid, we did the raid Fire a handful him. of times, did Trials of the Nine a few times, and then like never never really played again until Curse of Osiris came out. Oh dear god, don't remind me about that one. And then even that was ass. <laughs> so uh the most to, underutilized to right? coolest boss ever. I know, man. <laughs> I know. But so this this is moving in a direction that I'm extremely happy with. The the build crafting 
direction. Um, I have a lot of friends that I've you know been trying to get into Destiny, and one of the big selling points was like, oh, you can build craft. It's not just a shooter with like magical powers on top of it. It is an MMO, and the people that I've tried to encourage to get into Destiny, it's one of the things that they're the most excited about getting into it with. Now, the problem with getting into Destiny right now and trying to build craft is good luck getting a hold of the best mods super quickly. Like it takes it takes a fucking time commitment to get into Destiny's mods. Yeah, that's one of my biggest issues I've run into, like bringing new people in. They're just like they're like, oh, like what do I need to make this like gun good in PvP? And I'm like, oh, like counterbalance stock. And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, um, well, ah, fuck. Go to Banshee every day. Go to Ada every day, <laughs> and just pray that it's there. Well, the the crazy thing, and like having watched people that have recently picked it up, like some more popular streamers and things like that, that are like, "Hey, I'm playing Destiny for the first time." Watching them like play through the New Light experience, you just earn like the intrins- the the mods that you and I think of as being intrinsic mods at this point. Yeah. Like you just randomly get those as drops um, yeah. from like bosses and stuff, which yeah. is cool. I love that they're giving at least those most basic of mods and armor mods to people. Um, but weird that those things aren't just like available to brand new players. It, yeah, it's a little strange. I think the game also does a terrible job and hopefully this encourages them for the witch queen to introduce a new layer of the new light experience to help onboard people into the mod experience. Yeah. Then right now, better segue into like, do your own like I don't know I feel like it's very people do the new light and then they're kind of just like all right like now what do I do like do I just run strikes is that the game and I'm like no like there's there's pvp there's raids there's dungeons and like it doesn't really push you in that direction in any way and then like you said the mods as well like it's it doesn't there are a lot of games that don't really hold your hand with like build crafting and stuff but at the same time they at least kind of point you in a direction as yeah. where I feel like it doesn't the game doesn't really do that in the slightest. I I agree with you so completely, Justin. Like the New Light experience does not tell players about mods. Like I I went through it myself when Beyond Light came out, and then like fucked over the dialogue in the in the uh, uh, oh god the strike the the meh strike I can't remember the name off the top of my head. Um... I can't even remember the original name off the top of my head. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, when they when they brought that strike back in... Anyway, when I went through the New Light experience, and then when I've had friends go through the New Light experience, they tell me, like, what do you mean mods? What do you... Well, I, what build crafting? Like, yeah. there is zero introduction to that. You have to know someone <laughs> who knows about it to tell you about it. Yeah. You have to, like, accidentally stumble across it in somebody else's inventory when you're either inspecting another player or talking to an NPC. And, like, Bungie, I want build crafting to matter more in your game. And it, with this TWAB, it sounds like you do too. But we really, really need you to encourage people to do that by telling them that it's there. Yeah. I mean, so, like, I probably should but i really don't i kind of ignore a lot of the 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 elemental well stuff i i focus mostly on charge of light instead yeah but you know like trying to explain an elemental well build or even a charge of light build to someone that doesn't understand that system is you know what i mean it's almost like there's tears to understanding the mods 
Totally. So like, yeah, like okay, like you want your you want your dexterity mods and your reload mods and your scavenger mods, but there's a level even beyond that, and so I feel like there's a lot that a lot of people just miss. Totally, I I agree completely, and I think this is this is kind of sparking the idea for a conversation for another time, but I think that we don't have enough mod slots in our armor right now and no we don't. Mod, mod ability it doesn't feel to like do. apply those mods like make everything weaker if it means that we get to experiment with even more cool builds yeah um you know obviously this is a very blanket statement but i think that that's a fun conversation to have at some point in time like how the mod economy and how build crafting could be improved but on top of on top of these ability cooldown changes um just to kind of help steer us back into that direction. Bungie's also changing the way that you build supers. So the uh, we'll, we'll touch back on the mods. Or sorry, not the mods. We'll touch back on the abilities specifically after this. But one of the biggest things that Bungie is changing outside of like regular ability uh, recharge times is the way that you accrue super energy and get a super. So supers are now going to be earned less passively. So what that means, and Justin will definitely be an expert on this, is say you're you're playing Trials of Osiris and you get to the point in a match where it's a stalemate, so no one does anything because everybody, all six players in that match, are so close to super that if you hold back, yeah. you'll build enough super energy to then get basically get free kills out of it. Yeah. Bungie is tired of everyone essentially getting a free super at the exact same time every match. Um, and I don't mean free, obviously. Supers recharge faster when you get kills, and your intellect has a huge, huge impact on how quickly your super regenerates right now in the live game. But it is almost more beneficial to run a high intellect... And no, not almost. It is infinitely more beneficial to run a high intellect build and not engage in combat than it is to run a low intellect build and be a, a striker titan, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> to be a shoulder charge warrior like Justin is. Um, the The way that they're changing this in, in a major way is that from now on, especially in PvE, or, sorry, especially in PvP, in PvE it's relatively unchanged from the from the live game. So you should still see supers regenerate at basically the same rate even though intellect will uh be slower. Like the base recharge of supers for the most part is going to be slower than what you see it as right now. Um because you're going to be killing things in PvE, it's going to feel unchanged, but in PvP from now on, you using your primary weapon is going to play a much bigger part in the way that you regenerate super energy, not just not just in getting kills, but also dealing and receiving damage. So as long as you're actively playing the game, you're building super energy. I think personally, and we'll touch on like tiers here in a second, Justin, but okay. personally, I'm all about this. I love the idea, especially in PvP, especially in something like Trials, of running like a meta super and actually trying to get kills to build that super energy. Whether you win every fight you're in or not, you're still building super faster. Yeah. I think that's a way better way of handling it. I, I agree. I agree with that. I'm not... 
don't know. Some of some of me is curious as to where the choices are coming with from the tier placement for some of the supers. Sure. So, do you want to run down the tier list? Sure. All right. So basically, it starts at tier five. I'll work my way down. Tier five is the fastest. Real, real fast. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I was going to say, the, the way that the tiers work is uh, tier 5, and I'm sorry, Justin, no, I should have known you were going to explain this. Uh, <laughs> so this is now broken up into a five-tier system. Um, there is one to note, but we'll get to it later. Uh, these five tiers are, tier 5 is the fastest regeneration. Uh, they haven't given us times on these, like what the yeah. base cooldown kind of looks like yet. But yeah, the fastest like- regeneration will be tier 5, the slowest will be tier 1. So it works backwards. So the the tier five, the, they only have one listed at tier five, although there's technically going to be two. Um, is well of radiance? Um, can I mention the bubble thing? Yeah, please bit? do. Okay, so they are going to separate bubble from sentinel shield instead of having the choice to either pop your super or hold it for the bubble. They're actually going to make that it gets complete own thing, and that is also going to be a tier five when that goes into the game. Uh, then tier four is blade barrage and silence and squall. Which, I I guess that makes sense. Those two are kind of similar. I'm 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 a little surprised about Silence and Squall um, being a tier four. Blade Barrage kind of makes sense because like it's super easy to whiff a Blade Barrage. Yeah. But like Silence and Squall moves around the map. Like, yeah. It's basically a roaming super. That's one that I question a little bit. Um, and then tier three, as uh, then the further down you go, the feel like the longer the lists get. Tier three is Shadow Shot, uh, Burning Maul, Arc Staff. Nova Bomb and Thunder Crash. This one is the one that has me questioning the most, though, because I can't, for the life of me, understand why Arc Staff is in the same tier as Nova Bomb or Thunder Crash. Because, I mean, so earlier I was reading through it earlier, and they said that the part of what they want to is that they're talking about the lethality over a period of time. If a super is a one and done, it has less likelihood of wiping a team. I have seen seventh columns with Arc Staff on a regular basis on TikTok. Like Arc Staff can most certainly wipe a team and then some. Well, and I, I don't, I never play a hunter. Like I asked Justin, we did a so, few vogs in the last month where I was like twelve forty. <laughs> um, I can't remember what the middle tree branch is called and what that ability is called, where yeah, you can fucking guard. That's what I use. Incoming attacks. It's insane that this is a tier three with the likes of like a Nova Bomb. When it trumps you, ha- you're running a super that run that that one, like you said, trumps them. It totally beats out in most fights, just about any other super. And so on. T- on top of that, and I'm going to move on after this, but I just want to say, like, as a striker titan main, there's two different sides to this. When I'm on my titan, if I'm in super and I see an arc staff, I expect to lose that fight. If I'm in super on my hunter and I see a fist of havoc, I totally expect to win. So I'm very curious as to why Glacial Quake and, Spe- and Spectral is another one that I'm, I'm curious. I don't understand. But um, we'll, move, we'll move down the list because I'll make it down to those. So then Tier 2, which is the second to lowest, is Golden Gun, Chaos Reach, Nova Warp, Storm Trance, Daybreak, and Sentinel Shield. And see, like a lot of those, like, that, those make more sense to me. Like, those feel like a very good grouping. Like Golden Gun. I was going to say, like... This in tier five feel like they make the most amount of sense to me right now. 
Um, like, you know, Storm Trance definitely has the ability to, to really make a, a game-changing difference in sixes and even in threes, but it's not it's not so much. You can just get away from it. Um, Nova Warp, I mean, I guess because they're changing it with Void 3.0, and so it's probably going to be better than it than it is currently. So that maybe makes more sense. But as Nova Warp stands right now, like, in order, you've got to be extremely comfortable with it to do really well with it. Otherwise, it's it's relatively punishing. And then, the slowest is Tier 1, Spectral Blades, Fist of Havoc, Hammer of Soul, Glacial Quake, and Winter's Wrath. Now, Justin, I want to hear your take on this, but I'm going to interrupt you. I'll, like, I'll let you finish, okay? But, like, let me, I gotta say, the one thing that makes zero sense about this to me is Fist of Havoc. It's Justin, you have the floor. I just don't, so... This I know I know exactly what it is, and it's frustrating to me, and I, that's why I can't wait for Arc 3.0. Um, aside from the shoulder charge changes, which I will get to later, it very much feels to me like my super is being punished. I knew this was going to happen when they buffed Striker. Is being punished because of Bottom Tree, and I hate Bottom Tree Strikers. <laughs> and I don't understand because like they have Trample, and so that super goes exactly along with what they're saying. You can have that super going for a long time, and you can do a lot of damage to a team with it. As a top tree, my super doesn't really last that long. And so it it already, to me, feels like I need to think very hard about when I'm going to use my super. And so now with the slowest cooldown in the game, it's going to be even more like that. Like, I'm, I'm, I saw this joke the other day, and I feel like I'm, I'm going to, going to, use it now is like someone was talking about in three is like you know like all oh, blueberries like you don't need to save your super until witch queen like please use your super and i feel like now like i'm gonna be really really apprehensive to use it because i feel like a lot of a lot of the other supers will will take out my fist of havoc and so it's like do i really want to use this on this capture point just for three kills and then, you know, have someone pop Golden Gun down the hallway and just murder me? Not really. Do you know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, and then I don't really understand why Spectral is in there either. If it's just some of these really don't make if why is Spectral so slow if Arc Staff is so fast? Because I, I feel mean, like Arc Staff is more forgiving than Spectral. Do you? I I feel like my biggest frustration of the game, and again, like outside of, well, I mean, I guess it's it's essentially the same fucking thing, but <laughs> like middle middle tree arc strider as it exists right now, is nowhere near as frustrating to die to as spectral blades is, because if if you're not protecting yourself with the ability, yeah, which to the best of my knowledge, eats your super. It, it, it does a little bit. It's not, it's uh, not a lot. It, it's not insane, right. And I'm sure that that'll get changed too. Um, like the the rate at which that burns super energy. But like a Spectral Blades has a way better chance of killing me just running in a straight line at me than, than I guess, an, an Arc Strider does. I guess that goes with the, with the territory of like what I normally do though because the amount of Arc Striders that I catch with my Greaves is a lot lower than the, like I kill spectral blades all the time because they just well, run. It's because they think that they could just run in a straight line. <laughs> yeah, but um, I have a much more difficult time with arc staff because the reach that that you can have with that is 
quite impressive, honestly. Like, I've gotten killed by our staff, and I'm just like, what? What? <laughs> I mean, it's uh, it's like where? 12 feet in the air in a Striker Titan fucking smashes. Yeah. And you're like, how in the fuck is that in range? Yeah. The, the, that's one of the things. There's a, across the board, there's a multitude of abilities that I have always questioned the way that the damage goes upwards. I've never quite understood that. Like, another example is uh, is Nova Warp. Sometimes I feel like someone will Nova Warp, and I'm so far above them, and I'm just like, okay, I guess I'm, I guess I'm purple dust now. <laughs> um, and then, so in Hammer of Soul and Glacial Quake and Winter's Wrath, I, I can see, see, I can understand Hammer of Soul, because if you're on Bottom Tree, you are literally unkillable as long as you are killing people. Like, you just, you get health back on every kill, you create a sunspot on every kill, and so it has the ability to compound. If you throw a hammer at a group of people and you catch one of them, you get health back, and then they try and team shot you, and then, you know, the sunspot kills the next person, and that turns them into a sunspot, and then it's just, it it snowballs. I have, that's funny, Hammer of Soul Bottom Tree is actually one of the hardest supers that I have a time against when it comes to, like, me trying to team shot or me trying to do the griefs thing or whatever. Well, I'm sorry. One more time. Which one? Bottom tree hammer. The okay, one, not the yeah. one that explodes. I, I, right, I, I right. very much like the one that explodes. Actually, I feel like that's in a. I feel like it's in a very good place where it's not too strong, but it's not. It's not. It's not too weak. It's kind of like at a happy meat, happy medium, happy medium. Sure. But <laughs> apple I, medium. I feel like bottom tree is really really strong, and so like to me that makes sense that it would be in the lowest tier, and so I guess a lot of this is pointing towards the subclass 3.0 system where like they really need to have some degree of separation between those because it's the same thing. Like I feel like the top tree hammers are going to feel like they're being punished for the potency of bottom tree hammers. Right. No, I I totally get that. Winter's wrath is just not that great anyway. So they're just, they're just totally screwed now. I think, I think that there are, a lot of things to consider, right? Like they're they're giving us this tier list without certain context, yeah. Uh, with with how and like we'll get into more specifics, but with how these abilities are inherently changing, especially because like God, you have to imagine, and they they do acknowledge it at some point, like you said earlier, with bubble being separated from uh, Sentinel or yeah, yeah. Sentinel Shield. <clears throat> Uh, you have to anticipate that they're making some pretty sweeping changes in general to the way that a lot of these supers work, to the way that a lot of these abilities function. Uh, I mean, God, we know for a fact that we've seen a new hunter like slam ability in Void 3.0. It's yeah. So it's just a, it's we a, know it's that things are kind of. yeah. We know that these are are changing in meaningful ways. Uh, you know, and and hopefully, hopefully, this doesn't feel as as earth shattering as it does when we do get to see what that actually looks like when we get that context the funny thing is going to be having three months between the 30th anniversary releasing and then witch queen releasing where it kind of feels like a weird little limbo um i can i can see it now well you see like pvp uh, engagement in the destructor titan has, has dramatically decreased <laughs> and we don't understand why well, that's the thing, too, is, you know, you and I had talked about this briefly. We tried to keep it brief yesterday because we really wanted to save the conversation for this. And if I may, I think we've both been way more constructive about the conversation today than we were yesterday. I think we were both a little heated about it. I'm uh, trying, for I'm different trying reasons. very, very hard. Uh, I think you're doing a great job, buddy. 
You're pulling through. We'll get through it <laughs> together. Um, so we're going to move on from the super tier list. I think that that's a very interesting thing. Bungie, again, like I'm going to say it a bunch, and I apologize in advance, but Bungie really is building Destiny, uh, a foundation that's going to allow it to be that MMO that a lot of players are looking for, including myself, very selfishly. We're going to touch on kind of like the next big chunk of this all at once, Justin, if you're okay with me doing that, which yeah. is basically, guys, any exotic or any subclass neutral game perk, right, that would uh, regenerate your abilities for you, any exotics that would do the same thing would help regenerate your abilities incredibly passively, where they could be activated outside of combat or took like a button press to engage or, you know, things like that. They're basically all being cut in half. Uh, the the PvP specifically, PvP recharge rate for these abilities is being reduced by 50% um, across the board. Like uh, It looks like it's hitting Warlock a lot. It looks like it's hitting Titan a little bit. Uh, I think Hunter is getting it the least. Um, but, like, guys... It's a bummer, right? But, like, PvP really is about to become more of a gun game than it is. And I'm not upset about that. I think that I think that Bungie made too many sweeping changes for D2 Year 1 for, like, that 4v4 arena-style combat to land well. Because, like, they, you know, they wanted to build a, Halo, a closer-to-Halo-style arena experience. And I think that they were close, but they missed a mark in, in a lot of ways that didn't feel like Destiny. Uh, now that the sandbox is where it's at with these changes that they're implementing, I'm excited to see what that moment-to-moment gameplay kind of looks like. So, again, that's the 50% recharge uh, uh, nerf on exotics and abilities. The other thing is a lot of the armor mods that help to re... Uh, sorry, a lot of the armor mods that help to boost the uh, the ability regeneration, not the, like... Uh, stat specific ones not like the the minor and major stat uh increases but like melee kickstart per uh you do this and then regen x of right right like hey using your ability generates more ability energy kind of thing yeah those are also getting cut in in half in pvp only um which Again, I'm I'm fairly cool with if it means encouraging more build crafting, and if it means that PvP matches are a little bit more gun skill focused. Cool, just, give that to me. I'm into that, that. That does worry me a little bit though, because like I don't know, I'm like I have the the I have the strength build like built. I run whatever whatever it is where you drop your you drop your thing you drop your shield and it gives you melee energy back. Like I run uh, impact induction causing a damage with a grenade gives you melee energy back, and like even then like. I do still have downtime where I don't have my melee. So I'm worried with them cutting those things in half. Like, should I even, should I even use those or should I just build for total neutral game? A different like, should play, I just 100 different play style. Should I just shoot for, you know, as much recovery, resilience, and mobility as possible and just try and turn myself into the neutral, unkillable tank? I think I think that's the important thing that they have to get right here, right? Is is I think Bungie has I don't envy their position right now. Like I'm I'm super into these changes, dude, but I don't envy them 
having players like you, because you're not the only person who has to be feeling this way. And I know I saw it all over Reddit and Twitter and shit yesterday. Like people weren't thrilled about a lot of these changes. Uh, but like, I think, I think that they can come in and really make meaningful changes with this system and still give players that, that, uh, uh, power fantasy that they would look for out of their, uh, inherent class specific abilities. A big thing that's changing here too, guys. Stasis is getting changed pretty dramatically in PvP. It's going to be essentially impossible to hit someone with something in stasis and freeze them. It's not impossible. There are abilities and and weapons and things like that that will freeze players. But the biggest thing is Shatter Dive is fucking no more. <laughs> like, Shatter Dive is basically dead unless you are running a very specific one or two uh stasis builds on your hunter the the stasis crystal grenades will no longer freeze pvp components they will now components combatants uh and opponents <laughs> uh from now on they're going to slow your opponent and even if you do shatter dive that it is not it is basically guaranteed to not ever kill them again unless you're running specific aspects and fragments um which again like if you want that to be your stasis hunter build you can build craft that out, but it's not just a freebie that every player gets now. Yeah. I'm I'm into that. I think Shatter Dive is outrageous. I think Stasis is difficult to balance, and Bungie's doing everything they can in their power to make it fun uh, without it feeling crappy to be on the receiving end of. Yeah, I, I, the most, I don't know, I, I always feel, and like, I know that it's a live game, and so that they're consistently making changes, but I feel like Bungie has a tendency to swing a little bit too far on things whenever they do stuff like this. And it's weird, because with Stasis, they've taken a really long time to do this, and they have done, like, slow, creeping nerfs and adjustments. Like, they, you know, they they hit Warlocks really hard in the beginning, and then they tune Hunters again when, uh, I forget which which season it was, but they tune Hunters at the beginning of one of the seasons. And then, but then some new fragments and stuff came out, and they kind of almost like negated that tuning. <laughs> right. um, but I just were like, and we're gonna get into this later, even further with with my my shoulder charge changes. But I don't like when Bungie hits something so hard that I the answer that I come to is that I should no longer use that. Like if it puts me at a clear disadvantage to be attempting to do that build. With my mindset and the way that I play PvP, it's like, why why would I? Totally. I, I don't think that you're wrong there at all, man. I, I think I think that, like I said earlier, I think Bungie, I, I don't envy their position on, on any of this. I think, I think the thing that they're trying to do, right, and they always mean well, I don't think they ever come at anything to like ruin a player's experience. I think what they're trying to do is to encourage you to try other things, but still enjoy the thing that you like doing. Yeah. So if they swing too hard, they do have a good track record. We have to be fair of reverting some changes, maybe not a hundred percent like back to where it was or whatever, but like, Hey, we, we pulled that rope back towards us a little harder. We're going to give you a little bit more slack back on it. I think, I think Bungie is great at recognizing like, yeah, we kind of messed up there. So we're going to give you some of that back. And we hope you still have fun with it. Um, and the most frustrating thing about like 
you know, talking about these changes right now As we don't is really without playing with them. It's hard. It's hard to know exactly how we're going to feel about them. Yeah. It's easy. It's, I don't want to say easy because I do think that you and I are trying our best to be objective and look at this as, as objectively as possible with, uh, with exception to maybe one or two things. Um, it's, it's easier to look at this and say like, these are insanely huge changes. I don't like this than it is to like get it in your hands and actually articulate like how something could be better than what it is. Yeah. So hunters, you guys, you guys are definitely going to be having some fun. <laughs> so your get out of jail free card with the gambler's dodge is going to be uh, basically eliminated. They're significantly increasing the cooldown uh, and the base cooldown. It's it's a pretty big difference. I'm not like I said. I, I'm gonna try to not hit like very specific on everything. Hunter dodges are are way too effective in PvP, which is a bummer because like hunters definitely got shafted in PVE content as far as their class ability goes when D2 first launched. Anyway, yeah. Uh, nowadays it is a little bit more useful, but you know, Titans get a, a fucking wall. Warlocks get either a damage increase or a health regen, and then hunters just kind of had to be like, "All right, I can I, I can dance for a second if you want me to." Yeah, the going uh, invisible is re- is very nice and useful, though. I will say that one hundred percent, one hundred percent. It's not going to be nearly as effective in PvP anymore, guys. I'm really sorry about that. And then, like we said earlier, uh, Shadow Dive is basically dead. And so this is um, this is kind of an aside thing I wanted to say. I've been thinking this for a while, though. Um, and this is something that I actually am, am pulling pulling straight out of Warframe. I think this would be really cool for Hunters. I wish, that, I wish that firing a bow didn't take you out of invisibility. It's not a gun. You know what I mean? It no, is. that's fair, man. I think, that I would, think it would encourage fun build crafting. Yeah, especially, like, you know use if they although fuck me i'd be so mad <laughs> if i got like lemon arced by an invis hunter and it was just like <laughs> like i i again i said it earlier i don't really rage in destiny in the crucible because but i don't will, take it as seriously as most people that would, would piss you, me you off would rage. i i would really i would rage the same way i rage at shatter dive like shatter dive really does make me mad um which is silly because virtually nothing else in the game does yeah uh not not mad, I should say, like makes me like vehemently angry. <laughs> like pisses me off in the moment, mm-hmm. but doesn't like ruin the experience for me. I mean Shattered I've kind of ruined it. Anyway. Um Justin, my my sweet boy, we will touch on these shoulder charge changes because guys, as you know, we do have the world's number one skate like Titan skating champion. Uh six years now running. Our poor boy. Is he's getting his wings clipped a little bit here? So, part of my my main issue with this, and it's actually funny because like, on the on the one hand, like there is some bias, but I'm actually going to lump something else in there with it that I don't even use and get killed with relatively frequently, and I think it kind of ends up in the same boat. Is I think with them hitting it this hard, the risk to reward is now very disproportionate. So the one I'm going to lump in there with it is Handheld Supernova, is what you give up with these two abilities, and it's actually almost like they're almost opposite. With Shoulder Charge, you you use your charge, and then you've got a second of an extremely vulnerable period after it connects or after it fails. 
and then handheld supernova is the opposite. In order to prime handheld supernova, you basically put yourself in right. a state where you can do nothing else but either swap weapons and put it away or let it go and attempt to get a kill. And so I worry that it's what I was saying earlier. It's like with I'm going to make a different point as well, but it's like in the situation that, that it's going to be in now is in PvP at least why would I choose to shoulder charge someone now if I could just shotgun them or if I could just fusion rifle them at that range? And the other point I was going to make is even as it stands now with it being a one hit kill, there are a lot of situations where I will go in to shoulder charge someone and like I might get the kill, but in my head, I know that it was a smarter and better decision to probably just shotgun that person. And the only reason I went for the kill is just, you know, to get a clip or for the ego <laughs> thing. And of course. so I worry that with them making it no longer one shot people, that it's going to be relatively without the Greaves, I feel like I'm worried it's going to be relatively useless. It's going to basically I saw someone on the Reddit say <laughs> this is very funny to me. Someone on the Reddit said it's going to go back to year one where the only person that shoulder charge killed was the person executing it. <laughs> no, fair. I, I think that's, I do think that's funny. That's pretty good. Um, um, and so the, what worries me about this is that, is that I think that and it's just another, I think they might have tackled it a little bit. I would have reeled it in too much. So it's not, I would have, I don't even disagree that, that it is potentially strong maybe too strong, but I would have rather them have made the cooldown absurdly long, um, maybe bumped up the sprint activation time, and then reeled in the tracking cone a little bit and made it almost closer to the hunter's uh, throwing knife, where it requires a very specific situation and a very, very thought-out setup for it to secure a kill. But now I feel like it's going to be a non-choice. Like, I'm going to run the Greaves, and I'm still going to use it, but... No, of course. And that's that's the thing. I'm so sorry. Go ahead. No, I mean, my main thing is that I, as it stands now, use it as a very high-tier movement ability. And so with them bumping the range and reducing the activation for sprint needed, like, I'm just going to use it as more of an ability... But I'm worried that it's going to go back to Year 1 Destiny 2. And I had this happen to me a lot in Year 1 Destiny 2. Is when I would connect with an enemy with my shoulder charge on accident, I was pissed. I didn't want to use it. I didn't want to consume the charge. I didn't want to try and punch someone with that. Because it, it, it consumed my charge, so now I no longer have a dodge. And I was almost guaranteed to just get punched and, and killed. And okay. so now I worry that it's going to go back to that, where, like, when I hit someone with it, I'm going to be upset that I did that. No, I get that. I think, uh, Justin, I think, to be fair also, and I think that anyone listening to the podcast would likely agree that, like, your concerns are completely valid. I don't think that they're misplaced. I think that it's fair to feel the way that you feel about it. I think the reason why... <laughs> I I so very much don't agree with the position is because what we've been talking about for now about 40 minutes, uh, 45 minutes or so, is that this encourage like the, the changes here are meant to encourage 
build crafting. And I know I know that like you and I talked about that a good bit already. I think I think that the build crafting side of it is going to make it way more interesting in a lot of ways. I I hope that there are still ways that like you as a Peregrine Greaves, shoulder charging striker titan can still like get your one taps on supers. But even if that's not possible, it's still a one tap ability that you get in the crucible when virtually no one else is going to have something like that. Well, the hunters will have to throwing knife and fox grenade. And one of the and see this is the other thing is like Flux Grenade I get. Well, and like, and that's the other thing is like Flux Grenade is getting a massive cooldown. And like, I feel like, I feel like even if they kept Shoulder Charge a one-shot kill and then turned that cooldown up as high as they're turning up Flux Grenade where you get one Shoulder Charge. Every three minutes. Uh, every three minutes. That would be worse. I would prefer that because then, I mean, and that's just me, but like, like I said, most of the time I use it as a movement ability. And so I feel like that would push me more in the direction of, see, because then I wouldn't be upset when I used it on someone, but I feel like I would have to think a lot harder about when and where I want to use that. I mean, I, I, I totally get that. I think I think that that's fair, too. I'm going to make an argument against your position on it being a three-minute cooldown. That's two shoulder charges you get per game. And it, you don't get it as a movement ability if you've used it on somebody. That's insane. That's crazy. I think that's, I think that's, I don't know. I feel like, especially with Hunted, Hunt Titans not having a real dodge, I feel like that almost makes sense. Like, do you really want to give up your dodge for this kill? What if, what if they did that, Justin? What if they implemented, like, the three-minute base cooldown, and they were like, oh, by the way, Twilight Garrison's back. Uh, always, I think people would be fine with it. I've never, I've never really used Twilight Garrison like that because I've because I've always used the shoulder charge as my movement ability. Right. And right. so, like with a high enough, and like on the on the PC, it's even more so like this. But with a high enough sensitivity on controller, like it's not really any different. I can take it any direction that I would want at any at any given right. time. Um, my one, I don't know. I think that, and I think that this is potentially working more in towards the. I, I wanted to say this earlier. I actually just came up with this idea. Uh, when we were talking earlier, is I and I would like to see because they didn't really. They said they won't tell me the damage numbers for the actual impact on arc or sh- or void. They only mentioned the impact damage on the solar one, and that that I don't want to say that that worries me, but I'm I'm curious as to why they didn't mention the direct impact damage on the other two. Because they said reduced AOE damage, reduced AOE damage, and then for Hammer Strike they said reduced direct impact damage. And so, I think that I think that it would I would be less upset with it if you know if I ran into some hunter running a hundred mobility, a hundred recovery, twenty resilience. I think I should one shot that guy. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't it be because? I stuttered there. Uh, wouldn't it be because the the hunters the sorry the hammer strike does more damage than it the does. shield bash and seismic strike? It, it does it's because the highest those damage. have AOE abilities. It's yeah. It's although so I think I think the problem is is they don't want to scare you into this being worse than it looks like because I guarantee you this is going down from one fifty just into around ninety base yeah. damage. Well, I don't think one fifty is not not normally enough to kill someone in Crucible as it stands now. Guardians is have that? no guardians have around two hundred health. Oh shit! No, you're right. So I I don't know. I'm. Then how the fuck does a hammer strike kill one in, in one tap? 
I don't. I don't know. I guess maybe it's. I guess it's. I guess one seventy is about it then. Maybe I'm wrong. I feel like I feel like I do see people. I feel like if you're running ten resilience, you do have about two hundred hit points. Yeah, but, but how how many people run ten resilience? Uh, dude, there was a while there where it was all I did was like max out my resilience. Yeah, that's all I gave a shit. About. I, I I shoot for it's funny because I'm a titan. I shoot for recovery. I've got at least ninety recovery on both of my. I know, people. and I've I have switched back to being like no recovery is way more important, especially for my my rifts. Anyway, guys, so. I my stance on it is, and of course Justin feels the same way about this specifically. But like, we got to get it in our hands. We got to feel, see how it feels, and then like, we will be very vocal about like what changes we think need to be made to it once we get to play with it. But right now, reactionarily, this doesn't feel great for Titans who are losing out on like the most. In my opinion, as someone who doesn't even main a Titan, but like my secondary is kind of a Titan. Uh, as like one of the most fun things to do as a Titan is you're kind of you're kind of missing that ability. It's very much. I feel like it's it, it it's but hurting. Again, build crafting. No, no, build crafting. Build crafting. It's hurting my identity. <laughs> one of the other things that they did, and this this upsets me when they do things like this, is they're like, oh, like twenty five percent increase in PVE combatants. I'm like, who shoulder charges people in PVE? Who who a Titan is out here doing that? No, but so the thing that we had talked about, right, is like if they're gonna hit. Hunters like uh the 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 Kind of the next thing that we're going to touch on very quickly, guys, because me being the warlock main in uh, in, in the show here, um, I'm not thrilled, Justin. I got to say, this is probably the most frustrating thing to me. I love Destiny as an MMO, and I love the uniqueness that certain MMO qualities, or I love the uniqueness that are brought to the table because of Destiny's MMO status. Um, I didn't mind that I would lose a double melee fight against any other class. I did not mind that because I knew how to adjust my gameplay for it. Yes. I would pot shot before I ever meleeed. Mm -hmm. I would do whatever I could to try to get as much damage off before I went for my melee. And I thought it was interesting that Warlocks had a longer melee range because it's not a fucking hit. Hunters and Titans punch or stab. I'm blasting air at you. Yes. Fuck you. Let me just like, poof, like let me do that. It, it's, so it's actually, weird that they're like getting rid of that. That they're bringing it in line, same melee range, and the same speed at which you melee back to back with. Well, I'll be okay. First of all, I run a, I run a Fidians anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing, right? Is like there is build crafting opportunity to like kind of recreate. But what they're it does. It's just it. It almost and it's in the same vein as the shoulder charge thing. Like it feels to me like a a reduction of identity there. It's like because like I've always agreed totally. with you on that. Like I felt like oh, yeah, I always felt like warlocks should reach out just a little bit further because I don't need to touch my target and should hit slower. Yeah, because like, of makes, that, it it's makes like, sense to me. I prefer the trade off. Then I mean, I see what they're doing. I I wouldn't. I'm not so upset about. I'm nowhere near as upset about this as you are about like shoulder charge. I, they say that they would like to explore, 
uh, a little bit of class identity in regards to things like this in the future. But like, what that sounds like to me is like, hey, if we if we get the opportunity when it makes sense, we'll think about it. So this feels like they're making this change, and then they're not going to think about it at least for a good while. Yeah. The other the other big thing that the warlocks are losing because we've touched on Shatter Dive going away effectively, we've touched on uh, uh, Shoulder Charge going away effectively. Handheld Supernova again, no longer a one tap. Oh, we didn't touch on the fact that. Strike your uh, uh, shoulder charging, and I, I just need to double check my notes here real fast. Are you looking for the blind? Yeah, is is that whenever whenever you shoulder charge, it blinds in an area of effect. Yeah, that is. I, I think that that's going to help keep you alive as a striker titan and make that still a a useful tool to you as as a shoulder charger. But of course, obviously, you would prefer it to just be a one-tap kill. Like, yeah, well, like I said, I, the amount of times where I've been blinded by like the bombardiers or a, a, a flashbang grenade, and I just continue the shotgun that person in the mouth is it doesn't bode well for for how I feel about it. <laughs> a total, one hundred percent. Okay, so handheld supernova, no longer one-shot kills. What it does now instead is it deals one hundred and fifty damage max, which is okay. I think that's fine. Uh, it does increase damage against champions and bosses by 30%, which I love that. That's super rad. Handheld Supernova has felt incredibly weak in PvE overall. So I'm... Oh, excuse me. I hiccups now. What the hell's going on tonight? Uh, I think I think overall it getting a buff in PvE is a great thing. It's going to reach a little bit further. And now it pushes targets away from you when it detonates. So again, it kind of frees up like the the uh, close range aspect of it, so that if you land a hit with it, it's gonna give you that that range bonus for having hit with it. Okay, <laughs> I I loved handheld supernova when Forsaken first released. I thought it was a lot of fun to use in PvP. I felt disgusting about it. It was the first time I, as a warlock, genuinely felt the same way I did as running as a striker titan. Yeah. Um, it, like, it really was the first time in D2 that I got the same vibes as I got in D1 as a striker titan. Yeah. Um, and it felt cheap as shit, and I loved it. But, 100% it's cheap as shit. The the risk reward trade off, like Justin, you mentioned, like very well articulated uh, earlier, was was like the the risk is having to be completely exposed and vulnerable while you charge that up. But once you have it, especially back when for second release, you could hold it for like two and a half seconds. Yeah, uh, you you just have you just have a nuclear bomb in your hand <laughs> while you're roaming around the map, and yeah. like it's a free kill. The only thing that uh, worries me about this is like, is, and, this, and this comes a lot from my perspective. I feel like versus like you know, I spend a lot of time not just on the Reddit, but I'm also on Crucible Playbook a lot. And so, one of the things that I've seen people talk about when when these things, when this twelve on live, is that like when you get into higher level play, like okay, so when I'm playing sixes, I get plenty of shoulder charge kills. Like when I'm playing right. control. When I'm playing Trials, when I'm playing Survival, most of the time, if I go to shoulder charge someone, I'm going to get shotgunned. I am going to get shot by a teammate as I'm on the way in, and then and then they trade, and I yes, I get the kill, but then they melee, they get their melee off, and I also die. 
And so handheld supernova is the same thing. Like in high level PvP, you don't really see it because once they know, once the enemy team knows you have it, and they know that that's what you're going to play for, it's they adapt to it. It's super easy to adapt around, and that is, I think, the the big the big argument as to why Shatter Dive was so bad is because it doesn't. There was no workaround for it. There's no well, not only that. But you're right, but also the negative aspects of it, like the, the risk, was a lot lower. You you didn't really need to put yourself in such right. a vulnerable position to, to get it off, because you didn't actually need to be that high in the air, you know. All you need to do is be off the ground, and you can you can shatter those crystals. I mean, I'd be uh, really just in, like, I'd be willing to, to, to make the bold statement that there, the problem with Shatter Dive isn't that it necessarily one taps it's that there is no re- there's, there's zero risk in using it and, and there's all like, the reward the only amount of risk there is involved in is peeking around a corner quickly enough so that you can see where a target is and throw a grenade yes that's it yeah and that is not a big enough chat like a, not a big enough risk for the payoff that you get from no using it. no definitely not and i think that this is a great way to fix that because, in my opinion, the fewer like one tap abilities we have in PvP, in game PvP more specifically, is kind of what I'm talking about here yeah. when I say that. I think the better. I'm all about like momentum still being wacky and silly and shit. I'd almost be totally fine if all of these changes didn't apply to Mayhem at all. Yeah, like you could still go into Mayhem and it just be like what it is right now. Yeah, I think that'd be hilarious, the, especially the given how the, how the changes are occurring. Um. But yeah, and then so the last thing, the last like big change, the last big notable thing that we're gonna mention specifically is uh, 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 Shade Binder for the Warlock, the Stasis subclass, is getting getting a little bit of a nerf in PvP, uh, but they are significantly buffing it in Pv uh, PVE because things like ugh, Justin, I know you mean a Titan, I know you play on all three characters, mm. but like the the fucking fragment quests for stasis warlocks are the most frustrating things in the fucking world oh yeah i can't tell you how many times i go to like fire off my melee ability Mm -hmm. and it miss an opponent by a fucking inch yeah and not do any damage not get a kill yeah incredibly frustrating so it's cool it's cool that they're giving it a buff just in time for those fragment quests to be depreciated yeah (laughs) and not work anymore so Uh. Uh, those guys, those are all of the insane sandbox changes. I, like I said earlier, overall, Justin, I'm, I'm going to throw this to you as well, real fast. Overall, I'm very much so looking forward to these changes. I think that they are going to be, like I said, at the top of the show, overwhelmingly good for the game in the long run, even if some of them are a little steep right now. I'm personally excited for these. I, I think that there are some things that are definitely going to be changed fairly quickly, if not by the Witch Queen, then certainly sooner. Justin, I want your overall opinion of it, uh, and then like what what like your biggest like the thing that you're looking forward to the most about it, and the thing that you're the most upset about it. Even though we all basically know what the thing is that you're most upset about it is. Yeah. Well, so the thing that I do, I think. So this is the thing. I think it has potential to be very, very good for the game. I am very worried for that in-between, like, kind of... Yeah, that three months is going to be weird. ...purgatory period. And then also, I don't remember, do you know the order that they're doing the subclasses? Am I last? I think I'm last. No, they haven't said. 
I, um, all we know is that Void is first with season... Is it 16? Is it season 15? 16. 16. 16, which launches on the same day as The Witch Queen, unlike last year, yeah. where there was a little bit of a gap there. So Void 3.0 is coming out on February 22nd, and then we don't know if it's going to be Void or... I'm uh, sorry, Solar or Arc after that. Um, so, I mean, I am a little worried for that, that like, that in-between period. And then also, like, it's, you know... I, and I know that they have to do it incrementally, but I worry that it's going to be the same thing with Stasis when they launch Void 3.0. That like it's just going to be oppressively dominant for a little while, and there's going to be little little reason to choose anything else. I I wanted to say two things about that. Number one is I think that that's a fair thing to fear, but at the same time I think that they learned a lot with the launch of Stasis. Uh, I doubt that we'll see Void may actually be a little weak in a lot of regards so that they can tune things up rather than having to tune things down again. I think that that's way easier to appease fans over than having to uh, nerf the shit out of broken things. Yeah. I um, think that the other thing that I wanted to say is how interesting it would be, in my mind, Justin, they do arc second. Because I think all of the solar subclasses are in a good enough place right now that they could go without being touched for a while. Yeah, and I mean, I don't... I know... <sighs> I mean, and they but see, they they buffed. I don't know. They buffed. They buffed Ark for Warlock and Titan like relatively recently. So I I wonder if I don't know. We'll we'll just have to see. But the only the only thing that I that I do worry about in Crucible is I am very apprehensive to. I very much like the the ability to so when I play trials like I normally the strategy that we follow is I have my other two teammates stick together and push a lane like normal people and then what I will do is take a different lane and go and cause chaos right and pull a lot of attention and cause a lot of damage so that they either have to turn and give me their full attention or they're going to die or they do turn and give me their full attention, and then because of that, my teammates can get, you know, a good pick. And so I worry that in in year one Crucible, I didn't have a lot of fun because it was very much like let's hold hands, let's shoot lanes together, let's just let's just do that. And I don't want that to come back. I like the ability to kind of, and it's it's one of the things I've always said about Halo versus COD is like, you know, there no, were I think. I'm so sorry. I, I was totally going to interrupt the shit out of you. <laughs> it's the same COD. If you come up behind someone and they shoot you and you shoot them in the back, they're dead. In Halo, if someone shoots me in the back and I am better than that person, I have the ability to turn around, yeah, baby. throw a grenade, break yeah, the shield, baby. and get a headshot. And so that's one of the things that a lot of these power fantasies in Destiny have allowed me to feel like is if I truly do have that skill gap on that person – I can kind of position myself and be quick and get up close to them or get behind a wall and bait them. And I feel like I'm worried I'm going to lose some of those things. I'm worried it's going to become another another laning game, and I don't want that. Totally. I, I don't think that this is going to eliminate hero moments from PvP. I really don't. Um, I can appreciate why you feel like it is because like the most important ability to you in PvP that you use and enjoy using is getting hit incredibly hard. I don't think that this means that hero moments where like you can stand out on your team, I don't think that those are going anywhere. 
Um, I don't think that it's going to turn into laning with scout rifles and sidekicks again. Um, I, I really, I genuinely don't. I, I know I'm kind of poking fun at the idea of it, but like, I genuinely don't think that that's going to be the case. I think the interesting thing is... What what does that look like? How much build crafting do you have to do to still get to enjoy those hero moments as frequently as you want to? Yeah. Versus what the minimum is. Yeah. Um. I I mean I guess we kind of saw what the minimum is, right? Three minutes for a grenade charge. Yeah. Um. But even with a minimal amount of build crafting, that three minutes can still turn into much less time than that without that being a higher stat tier. Yeah. So I think I think the game is going to encourage a lot more I, I keep using the word build crafting, but it's like I mean, it's genuinely it one of my favorite yeah. I think it's going to in uh uh in general encourage way more variety as far as people's people like the way people approach Destiny's combat system. I think it's going to encourage some very creative builds, the likes of which we really haven't seen since Destiny One. And then even at that way more creative things than we ever saw in destiny one right like yeah. we already right now have more potential because of mods mm -hmm. the only thing that d2 is lacking over destiny one is the subclass system not being a tree and it being uh like choose your own fucking adventure book in the grids um i think that that's extremely exciting i'm very much so looking forward to that aspects of it now before we wrap out the show there is one more thing in this TWAB that I think is extremely important to mention that I am very, very genuinely way infinitely more disappointed about than what we've talked about anything today. I know that's probably not surprising to hear. I was fairly positive about a lot of these changes. Destiny 2 is leaving Xbox Game Pass on December 8th. Yeah. That is sad. incredibly disappointing to hear. I understand why it's happening and like what a date to choose for it. Yeah. Here's the thing. If, if anyone listening isn't familiar, doesn't follow me on Twitter, hasn't known me for a long time, I'm a huge Halo fan. I write for a website. Uh, I write for xboxera.com. I make videos for them. I write for them. Um, I'm very happy making content for them rather than just like doing it on my own YouTube channel. Like I did for a long time there. For the way that this reads, is that Microsoft is too afraid of Destiny for it to for Halo to be able to compete with it, and I think that that is an incredibly unfair way to look at it. Yeah, I think Destiny and Halo exist in two vastly different genres. Uh, obviously, they're first person shooters that both were created by Bungie, at least in origin. I think that this feels way worse than Microsoft realized that it was going to feel for fans like myself, who I was so genuinely excited that Destiny was on Game Pass. And I was talking I was talking to a buddy of mine. I'm trying to remember who exactly it was. I think it was my brother, actually. He was like, why does it matter if Destiny's on Game Pass if it's free to play? I was like, no, it's not. It's not that Destiny is leaving Game Pass. It's that the expansions are leaving Game Pass. Yeah. Like... Let's say last year on November 10th, I was a kindergarten who was excited to try this game that all my buddies play called Destiny 2, the video game by Bungie Studios LLC. Uh, 
and there was a new expansion coming out and I was going to have like three or four years of bad content to get into. And they're very excited about it. And look at all this cool stuff I can do. All I have to pay for is seasons. I can get behind that $15, $15 to start playing this game today and get three and a half years worth of content out of it. Hell yeah, dude. That sounds rad. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'm jumping in and there are four subclasses available to me. Cool, I have fucking five raids to do. I have dungeons. I have all of this. And it's gone now. Yeah. As of December 8th, all of the expansions are leaving. Destiny 2, a free-to-play title, is obviously staying on Xbox consoles. Even, even if you have stasis, when it leaves Game Pass, you lose stasis. Yeah. You have to now pay for all of that content to come back. This feels really bad. I don't think that this is Bungie's decision. It very well could be. It could be because we know that there were talks about Bungie getting some licensing deals so that they could put some Halo content into the 30th anniversary pack, and that that didn't really happen. But Bungie kind of took some, art- excuse me, some artistic license with some of the armor pieces, mm-hmm. like the Titan helmet in the Eververse set looks like Master Chief's helmet very intentionally. Um, it's a very you know. Very much so inspired by Master Chief's helmet, but it is intentional. The Warlock set, that's straight up the Arbiter with a fucking halo for a bond. Like, I don't think that this is Bungie being shitty about Halo. I don't necessarily think that this is anyone at Microsoft intentionally being shitty about Halo. But when you take Destiny off of Game Pass on console, because it's staying on PC for a while longer... When you take Destiny off of Game Pass console, console Game Pass, on the same day that Halo Infinite releases, it feels scummy as shit to me. Yeah, definitely. I don't know who's at fault about that, but like this sucks ass. I write for an Xbox website. I don't even play on console. I only game on PC, but I believe so hard in the Xbox brand, and I'm a huge fucking fan of Halo, and Destiny is like... I'm trying to figure out if there's a legal way for me to marry it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it just it feels really crappy as an Xbox fan that Destiny is leaving the same day that Halo is releasing. I was super bummed out about this because I've been asking people for months now that may have been able to get me the information if it was available to them. Hey, is Witch Queen coming to Game Pass? And no one could give me a yes or a no, and we got our answer. Yeah. Uh, not only is Witch Queen not coming to Game Pass, everything else is leaving. But everything else is leaving too. So you love to see it. Fucking sucks a little bit. But hey, guys, if you're a Destiny fan and you game on Xbox, you know, there's still hope. <laughs> uh,. You can always buy those expansions, or if you've experienced what you need to experience out of it, the only thing that you're missing out on is Stasis, so really all you need to do is buy Beyond Light if like Stasis is super important to you, which I think you should do anyway. I think it's a good expansion, a good raid, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, or wait two more years and you'll get Stasis for free because the rest of it gets shelved. Um, the Witch Queen comes out on February 22nd, guys. The 30th anniversary event in-game, which is bringing a new six-player activity called Chains of Eternity, uh, a new dungeon, a thorn-inspired armor set, the sword from Mar- uh, sorry, the sword from Myth, armor sets inspired by Marathon, and of course, a brand new dungeon in the Loot Cave, and in that dungeon 
our good old friend Gallerhorn. Yeah. That is 18 days away. Just over two weeks away, guys. I'm I'm so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, Do we have an LFF today? I I was not able to pull an LFF. I meant to get one from somebody, but uh, totally slipped my mind. I had a busy day, unfortunately. Oh no, things are good. Um, so what we're gonna do for LFF is I figure we we promote ourselves again, uh, and we promote an initiative that one of our friends is really trying to get going right now. So. Uh, if you listen to Pyramid Scheme, you know that Justin and I are very much so all about uh, creating an even more welcoming, even more positive place for engagement within the Destiny community, which overall is already fantastic about it. everything that you could possibly imagine. But of course, LFG can be intimidating because there are those shitheads that ruin the experience for other people. Um, Let's have one my name is Forbear. That is spelled P-F-H-O-R-B-E-A-R. Pound six one one zero to add me on Bungie. Go do that right now, so that you can meet not only myself, not only Justin, who is Luminous Space Havoc. Oh dear Lord, I don't remember. Pound. <laughs> uh, I did have it memorized for a day or two. Can I call hold on, guys? I'm gonna continue my spiel in just a second. Uh, we got to find this uh, fucking number. Pound nine nine six eight five. Nine six eight five. So luminous space havoc. L u m i n o u s space h a v o c pound. Nine eight, nine six eight five. Nine six eight five. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> add both of us so that you can not only meet us and play with us, and we're cool people. I swear to God. Uh, but so that you can also meet people that we play with, like. Uh, like Shank is, is a great guy. Bishop is, is a cool guy. Um, but one of my favorite people that I play with outside of Justin is our, is our friend Blink Girl 87. 87? Yeah. Okay. Blink Girl 87. She also has a TikTok account. Blink Girl, uh, 1987, I think. Um, I could be wrong about that and I'm like just being an asshole right now. But anyway, Joe D is doing everything that she possibly can to help create an incredibly positive community of gamers who love Destiny. So go find us so that you can find her, so that you can have a cool, calm, chill-ass group of buds who just love to play Destiny. That's PvP, that's that's, uh, in-game PvE content, that's Trials. Whatever you want to do in Destiny, we're here to do it with you guys. Uh, so please. She just started the cl- uh, clan. I don't know if you saw that or not. Yeah, she sent me a clan invite. Yeah. I haven't accepted it yet. I haven't decided if I'm going to it's, or not. It, yeah, it's no way. I know that you're in your you're in your own little clan, and it's not a big deal. <laughs> I, she was like, I'm going to invite him, and I was like, I don't know if he's going to join. I feel like he's. I in- might. Yeah, but the problem with that is that most of our clan is going to end up being Xbox, and you have all your PC buds. Oh uh, well, Justin. Thanks to the fucking wonder of crossbow <laughs> it takes nothing for me to play with my xbox buds and join an xbox live party because pc is where it's at you fucking console peasants uh totally i'm totally joking i'm totally joking i'm totally joking i'm totally joking i'm so sorry i love you all so very much Crossplay off <laughs> <laughs> yeah no former why would i ever want to play with that guy he no, sounds like an asshole i'm just messing with you but yeah i just i didn't i didn't really expect you to join though i figured you probably wouldn't at first at least I, I got the invite. I, I loved the description of the clan. I already forgot what it was called. Um, um, 
we we went through like eight different ideas. And I I liked the name. I just can't remember exactly well, what it was. It's a Blink One Eighty Two reference. Is is what it is. Um, what's is that? What uh, yeah. Fucking name is in reference to. Yeah. So like, what you know the song like, what's my name again? No, no. What's my age again? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So what's my class again? I love that. I wanted we wanted to do subclass, but class well so i thought it i did think it was super funny last night because specifically shink was like we've done vogue this week already right and he couldn't remember what class he had done it on and so he just took his warlock in and of course he'd already done it on his warlock so he didn't get anything um so i got the invite very shortly thereafter and thought that that was hilarious yeah so i mean I mean, it's supposed to be an overwhelmingly positive clan. We're supposed to, you know, it's supposed to be all about helping people and helping new lights and, and helping people feel welcome in the community, kind of in the same vein as, as the podcast. So, yeah, I, I feel like it's just a whole ball of positivity. Yeah, man. Like, here's the thing, guys. If you're, I don't know why you'd be listening to this if you don't play Destiny. I don't know why you'd be listening to it if you do play Destiny. Uh <laughs> If you're if you're looking to jump into the Witch Queen and have like a cool group of friends to to run fun activities with and be excited about the game with, like we're your people. Um, we're positive. We we uh, have very strong opinions on on just being like cool with each other, man. Like there, life's too short to hate people. Uh, so if you want to, if you want to find a group of people that are extremely accepting of just about any, uh, not just about, of anybody, if you want a cool group of people that love the game, are pretty good at the game. Except for lactose intolerant people. Yeah, fuck you, no. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. No, of course, guys. Anyway, I, I could ramble on and on and on about how much of a ray of sunshine we are, but Justin... Come join us. Any any final words for you? Come join us. Have fun. See what we're all about. It'll be a good time. Fuck yeah. I promise. Also, my my last little blurb here. Go download Halo. It's very good. Halo Infinite's multiplayer beta dropped. Shadow dropped uh, this last Monday. Oh my god, that's so good. <laughs> uh, huge Halo fan here, of course, like I said earlier. It's very good, guys. Yeah, I have it um, down- pre-downloaded right now. It's also free to play, so you can you can go download that shit for free and play it. I've spent more money on it than I should have at this point, and everything is fine. Life is great. I love life. I'm happy boy. Anyway, guys, thank you guys so very much for listening to the podcast this week. We hope you enjoyed our breakdown of this incredibly, like, fucking thick twab. Uh, if there's anything you would like to hear us specifically talk about as we move into the holiday season and news slows down, at least for the next two weeks leading up to the release of the Bungie 30th anniversary, um, we will be, you know, quote unquote, reviewing the, uh, the event. Let us know. Yeah. What what you want from us? <laughs> Let us know what what you want to hear us talk about. If if there's a thing that you think that Justin and I could have a cool or fun or or silly or fucking outrageous conversation about, we, especially we will do it. if it pertains to Destiny, we'll happily do it. If you liked us playing, would you rather last week? Give us some would you rather topics. Shoot them at us on Twitter at Pyramid Scheme. You can follow me on Twitter at Forbear, P F H O R B E A R. Justin is also a little bit more active on Twitter these days at Havoc Luminous. 
H A V O C L U M I N O U S. Uh, go check us out, guys. Go follow us on Twitter. Of course, you can always find me on Twitch as well. Twitch.tv slash Forebear. I stream at least three days a week, if not more. And of course, go check out all of our insane Halo Infinite campaign preview coverage on XboxEra.com. Um, listen to our podcasts. Please, guys, like, we're growing. We we just hit 10,000 subscribers. I think we're about to hit 12,000 followers on Twitter. The website's only been around for two years, and we are growing exponentially. And I promise you, especially if you're an Xbox fan, you're going to want to be a part of it. Anyway, guys, that's it from us. We hope you enjoyed. I love you very much. Have a good night. And we'll see you next time. Have a good time. <laughs> what does he say he's like bye-bye. thank you very much have a good yeah bye bye have a good time <laughs> yeah that guy uh...